Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey there. Thank you for tuning in to the One Organized Mama podcast. My name is Janelle and I am One Organized Mama. Episode 101, Listener Questions 2. Apparently, I can't come up with a more creative title for these episodes, so forgive me, but pretty direct and to the point on what I'm going to be talking about, right? So this is part of an ongoing series that I'll be doing where those of you, my wonderful listeners, have reached out on the Google form that I have in the show notes and you have shared with me some topics you want me to talk more about. You've shared with me personal challenges that you'd like me to address, and I am happy to do so and to continue to do so. So if you haven't already, I encourage you, if you want me to talk more about whatever topic, you, I mean, throw it out there to me. As you well know, I don't just talk about home organization. I talk about sort of life organization. So give it to me on that Google form. Just so you know, on the Google form, it's kind of a one-way street. So you can go on, just click on the link in the show notes. Um, it's it, The show notes are where I give a little description of what the show is about. And I'll say like, here's a Google form. Uh, click on it. Nothing bad will happen. Um, I'm, I'm not here to collect your information. I'm not going to put you on a drip campaign or email to you or anything. It's really just a way for me to quite honestly um, not feel so overwhelmed responding back to uh, my wonderful listeners. Um, what I'm also finding is that it's really only just listeners reaching out to me on this Google form. So I feel like it's a way of sort of weeded out some of the noise. Um, I know a lot of you have reached out to me in email or Instagram DMs, but when you have a even a teeny tiny platform and you go out there in the world, people find you. And so I'm I'm always feel like I have to weed through like who's a spammer or just a weirdo um, that's not actually listening to the show, who wants to sell me something and or who wants to sell you something or wants access to you, my audience. And that's something I'm very protective of, not willing to just um, share, not interested in buying anything. And so unfortunately, legitimate listeners sort of get lost in all of that noise. And also, what I find happens sometimes is I'm happy to do one-on-one coaching, but sometimes I feel like people will sort of reach out to me and they kind of want to go back and forth in email or DMs on one-on-one coaching. And again, um, it that gets a little uncomfortable. So what I like about the Google form is that you can fill it out. You can say whatever you want to say or don't want to say. Nothing, None of the fields are required and you... Um, and then I can address it. I can kind of read through them and decide which topics may be really relevant, what things maybe other people have shared. And then I'll go out there. I just say first name, where you're from. You don't actually have to give me a name. You can make up a name if you want. It matters not to me. What matters is that we're I'm continuing to grow this community, which is something that is really, really important to me. And the reason that I love doing this podcast is really hearing back from you. So again, best way to reach out to me if you are a listener and you have a topic idea or you want me to address um, a personal challenge that you may have. So for this episode, I just grabbed two different listener questions and I'll address them. And maybe they can, uh, there's other people that share in your struggles and challenges. I know I do. So First and foremost, I just wanted to read a comment from someone who goes by music. And music said that they really did enjoy the questions and they like the episodes like this where I answer your questions. So thank you, music, for that feedback. That means a lot. And if you have feedback like that where you're just like, hey, 
can you explain a little bit more about what you're talking about? Or I was a little confused when you were saying this, or can you talk a little bit more about it? Or do more of this. Happy to hear you. So again, click on the Google feedback form, fill it out, give me whatever feedback you would like. So let's jump in to the questions. So I have two. The first one is from Kimberly in Las Vegas. Hello, Kimberly. Uh, Kimberly, I'm not sure if I've actually uh, met you. I did some coaching with someone named Kimberly that lived in Vegas. So if it's you, hello. I'm super excited to hear from you. If it's not, my apologies. I, I do know a few Kimberleys in Vegas. So, um, But hello, nonetheless. I'm, I'm super happy that you reached out. So Kimberly wrote something that was so relatable to me. Um, She is talking about feeling very disorganized, kind of a mess, she says. She says she's also a people pleaser and really does find pleasure helping others, which is really hard because yes, it feels good and makes her happy, but unfortunately, it can complicate her life. So I loved this um, because I can relate to it. I always talk about feeling like I'm a recovering people pleaser. Um, and so I this is something that I have to work on constantly. And I've just accepted it's something I'm going to have to work on my entire life. Now, not everyone's a people pleaser. I think sometimes at people pleasers, we think other people are people pleasers. But what actually happens is that people pleasers tend to attract people who are definitely not people pleasers. It's funny, my husband very much is not a people pleaser. And so he really does not get my struggle with this. Like he, (laughs) it's actually pretty comical sometimes in conversations because I will be like completely wound up about something and he's like, why do you care? And, you know, he'll kind of like talk me off the ledge. So sometimes our non-people pleasing Friends and family can be a great resource and sort of, like I said, um, when we get a little wound up, talk us off the ledge and help us kind of just come back to our senses because there's like this emotional element and component to this, right? And I'm going to walk you through a few things that I do that help me kind of keep myself in check. And I want to give you a different, some different perspectives when it comes to this because I will be honest with you, Kimberly, the one word that jumped out at me when I read your comment, and again, I completely relate and I get it, but it was the word complicates. Like you're, it makes you happy. You like to say yes. Um, I'm sure it fills your cup. I know it does for me when I make people in my life happy. I just like to see people being happy. And, but I, it starts to take a toll on you at, after a while. And so when I saw the word complicates, it made me instantly think about like, you know, when you have a friend and they're dating someone new and you meet them for coffee or touch base with them and you're like, so how's it going with the new relationship? And they say, well, it's complicated. And you're like, that's not necessarily a good thing. Um, So then you kind of want to dive in and you're like, well, what's going on? So sometimes that's a polite way for us to say like, eh, I don't really like this. I don't like, I'm not happy how it's going. There are things I don't like. <clears throat> that's what that says to me. So if I'm interpreting that wrong, my apologies. But again, I'm going to give you some ideas of things to walk through and help you sort of, because this can be sort of like a mental state. And so how do we sort of change our perspective on that? How do we go from, but this feels good to finding other ways where we can feel good about our, um, our time and, and not make our life so complicated. So first and foremost, sometimes, and I am, I am in this category too, we thrive on chaos. So like, we just like, I, some of us just kind of like the noise. We like the craziness. It is, these are distractions and sometimes distractions feel really good. Um, my husband and I recently had a conversation about how different our life is. We've made this major move from this big metropolitan city on the West coast, Las Vegas to a very small town in coastal Georgia. 
And that has been more jarring than I had ever anticipated. And I've lived in small towns before. But we've we've both kind of laughed about how we have this different perspective on our life now. And I know not everybody can pick up and move across country and completely change your life. But what I will say is I've learned a lot from this experience. And again, I've lived in a lot of different places. I'm a former military spouse. So I, I know what it's like to live um, in a lot of different places and pick up and go. But this this is was a quite different move because when you move with the military, you have sort of this instant community you can kind of dive into. Um, I've always lived with family. I had family that I lived near in Las Vegas. I had a lot of family that lived there at the time. So I didn't know a soul. And I'll be honest, I still don't know that many people in this new place. So I don't have all of those distractions. And to be really, really honest, I didn't like it at first. I'm also in a new season of life where I'm the mom of three kids. My oldest has been on his own for a while. My daughter, this was her time to sort of go out on her own officially. And then we're left with our middle schooler who's also getting very independent. And so I don't have a lot of that busy mom stuff going on in my life and balancing work and motherhood. Like there's a lot of quiet. There's a lot of time. There's a lot of just me. And that made me very uncomfortable to be really, really blunt about that. But what I had to realize is that I had to start to get comfortable with that. So I had to really kind of lean into that a little bit. And this is this is kind of how I did this. First and foremost, I want you to go through a practice. So if you're not in that season of life where you have a more quiet home, maybe you still have kids at home, but you're feeling like you really want to kind of change things, go through this practice. First and foremost, you have to get in a practice of having some quiet time on a daily basis. We are so bombarded nowadays with, you know, notifications and technology and just a lot of noise in our world. Our brains need a break. Our brains need a reset. So even if it's as little as five minutes a day where you don't have a phone, you don't have a person, you don't have electronics, And do whatever you want to do that helps you sort of just take a deep breath, reset your brain. Maybe it's going on a walk or doing some yoga. Maybe it's a devotional. Maybe it's meditation. Maybe it's just escaping kind of the noise and finding a quiet spot just to be quiet, just to sit for a few minutes and just sort of relax. But that's a a daily practice that I hope that you're incorporating because it does really give some time for us to find some time to reflect and to find a different perspective when we're feeling overwhelmed in our life. But when you do this practice, I want you to be very intentional about finding some quiet time. So if you can find, I would say at least 30 minutes where you're not having any distractions, you can walk away from your phone. I want the phone in another room. If you if you have little ones at home, do it during their nap time or while they're you know, watching a movie, whatever it is, or you have someone else watching them ideally. Maybe it's when the kids are at school, whatever it is find some quiet time to do this practice. So you have a quiet space. You don't have any distractions around you. I want you to take a notebook and a pen. And I know some of you are like, I've heard this before, but stick with me because I'm telling you this really does work. I want you on this notebook to just start to brainstorm. I want you to brain dump. In fact, this is, I really like brain dump more than brainstorm. Take everything out of your head and put it on a paper. And I want you to start to like go through what is important to you? What, who is important to you? What would you like to be spending your time doing? What would you like your house to look more like? Even if it feels ridiculous, still write it down. Get it all out of your head onto paper. And sort of use this guide as you do that. I want you to think of the different people in your life. So perhaps you want to spend, or you, you haven't had a date night with your spouse in ages, write that down. That, you know, if that's something that's important to you, I'd love more t- one-on-one time with my spouse. 
Maybe it's a kiddo that's going off and about to graduate and leave the nest soon, and you just want to spend some quality time with them um, before they leave. Write that down. Maybe it's that growing pile of clutter in the garage. You can't even park your cars in it anymore, and it just it's been sitting there now for years or months, and you need to address it. Write that down. Maybe it's a new direction with your career. Maybe you want to ramp up. Maybe you want to sort of ramp down your career. Whatever that is, whatever that looks like to you, write it down. Maybe it's really kind of putting your physical health on, you know, as a priority and making more time for that. Write that down. What about the people in your life? Who do you really love? Who do you love to spend time with? Who would you like to spend more time with? Write those names down. Or maybe it's just what fills you. What when you do this, you just feel like you just feel like you are the best ever. It just fills you. Write that down. What is that thing that that just makes you your heart sing, if you will? And even if it's these crazy dreams and stuff, it's okay. Write all of that down. Just put stuff on paper. What what you'll find is that sometimes it's kind of hard to get started. So sometimes I start with like the really crazy stuff first. And then it just kind of can kind of chuckle. And then it just kind of gets it going. So I'll just write down whatever. Like I, you know, want to travel to all seven continents or whatever it is. Just write it down. Who cares? This is for you. This is a practice for you. Nobody has to see it. You don't have to share it with anybody unless you want to. But go through this practice to get everything sort of out of your head and onto paper. Now, the next step in this is very simple. I don't want you to overcomplicate it. It's prioritization. I want you to go and I want you to look at that paper and I just want you to circle what's actually really important to you. You can cross out stuff if you're like, yeah, that's never going to happen in our, or I don't even like that person. Why did I write their name down? Whatever. Do you can do you. But I just really essentially want you to focus on what is the most important thing to you? What are some of these things? Now, as you do that, there's probably going to be just a couple that like jump out at you from the page and you're like, yeah, these are really important to me. I want you to turn the page. And I want you to write down those top three things. Do not go beyond three. Don't do it. Just do three. Don't have anxiety about this. Just write down three. It's okay. I'm just trying to get you into a new habit, a new practice. So let's say that garage is just jumping out off you of the page. You know you need to address that you put that garage, all those boxes you need to deal with in that clutter in the garage. Maybe also it is your career, your work. You need, you want to ramp up. Like you're in a place where you are ready to ramp up in your career, write that down. And then maybe it's the kiddo that's leaving the nest soon. Maybe they're, you know, gearing up for graduation and what they're going to do after they graduate. And you want to just spend a little bit one more one-on-one time with them. Write that down. So those are your three different items. So you have something that addresses your home. You have something that addresses work. And you have something that addresses family. And if you've heard me talk about my time buckets in the past, this is what I'm talking about. We're whole people. We're not just our home. We're not just a pantry. Organization involves our entire lives. So let's address the garage. So that's important to you. That's going to take a minute to probably address. So I want you to just write down some, maybe some steps, or maybe it's some dates and times. Maybe you want to break that down a little bit further. Like for instance, it's we're storing a bunch of boxes for my brother-in-law, contact him to pick him up, tell him if he doesn't get him by this date, then, you know, we're putting them in a storage unit or donating them or however hardcore you need to get. So maybe that's a step. Maybe it is this Saturday, actually have nothing going on. I'm going to spend, you know, X amount of time out there in the garage, Um, whatever it is. So something that's an action, So you're taking your priorities and you're putting some action behind them. It's actual steps that you're going to take. Now, 
a few things to consider when it comes to this. First and foremost, I generally, when I teach this, I say like an action within like the next seven days, but we all know a week can go by. So if you're new to this practice or if that just feels like it's causing you a lot of anxiety, push it out, but don't go beyond 30 days. Don't say, well, you know, this spring I'll do a spring cleaning. No, it has to be something that you're going to do soon, like imminent. I want you to have some kind of like urgency behind it. Like I want it to bug you a little bit because it's a priority. It's something that jumped out at you and it's something that you do need to address right away. So moving on to the next one, which was the work. So perhaps you want to ramp up from work. There's some classes or certifications you can take. So write down what that looks like. Put action. I can contact this person. Um, I need to do research on this. Whatever that looks like, put actionable steps there. And then maybe it's spending time with that kiddo who's about to leave your nest. And I know, don't cry. Let me tell you, I'm, I'm on both sides of this now. It, 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 there's, it's wonderful. It's this wonderful balance where, you know, when, especially when you have really good relationships, like we're a pretty tight knit family. My older kids are like my, my friends. They're like, I always tell people like one of the greatest thing, <clears throat> things that we have are like the inside family jokes. Like we have a family chat and sometimes I, I just love it. I sometimes go back and read and scroll through and read some of the stuff my kids say. <clears throat> sometimes it's a little bit entertaining when they they just know what buttons to push with their siblings. Um, have you ever heard the thing that like your siblings know what buttons to push because they're the ones that installed them? And even though my kids have like a, a pretty sig- significant age spread between them, they still are hilarious to me. So I love to see that interaction. I love to see that they form their own relationships with each other that my my husband and I both have um, our relationships with them. So for those of you who are facing that season of life, I'm here to tell you, I know it's sad. I know it's hard, but it, 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 there's a wonderful side when your kids um, do get older and leave the nest. There, it really is. It's a lot of fun. So don't fret too much, but by all means, spend as much time as you can with them. I mean, our time, I mean, they, in a blink of an eye, they grow up, right? So if you have that on your list, uh, you just want to spend more time with whoever that person is, you need to make a date with them. So you need to get that person involved and you need to say this Friday, coffee, three o'clock, or, you know, maybe it's a date night with your spouse, picking a restaurant or whatever that is, make a date. Again, put an actionable item under that. And again, we're just sticking to three. If you can get this done in one week, that's great. Maybe you kind of move on. Again, I teach in the time management courses, I teach something to really kind of, you know, a little bit more of how to handle all of those different areas of your life. But if you are someone that's feeling overwhelmed and easily distracted and you you feel like, you know, you don't know what your priorities are, you feel kind of all over the place, you feel like you're a mess, this is a great way to just start to get into that habit and into that practice. Okay. So the reason that I want you to do this, especially as a people pleaser, going back to that conversation I had with my husband, is that there is joy in finding that when you kind of have some distance from some of those distractions, you kind of get used to the quiet, you realize who and what is really important to you. And that was one of the things that my husband and I really found wonderful. We were both friendly people. We make friends pretty easily. Um, And when we made this big move, we realized like, wow, (laughs) when you make a big move like that, a lot of people just automatically kind of weed themselves out of your life. They're like, when am I going to see them again? Like, I don't need to keep in touch, whatever. Um, But what we did find were the people that did kind of stand out, the people that were like, wow, these really are lifelong friends. Because, you know, when you have the going away parties and stuff, People are like, oh, we'll stay in touch, blah, blah, blah. And then you never hear or see from them again. So this was a wonderful way for us to sort of 
realize and reprioritize our life. And we're like, wow, look who kind of made the cut here. Whether we made the cut or they really made the effort to say, hey, we still want to be a part of your life. Um, so a wonderful way to to you know, go through that is through this practice. You have to get in the habit of realizing that it is something you need to be very intentional with. So let me talk about that just a little bit more. Okay. First and foremost, how do you put boundaries around your time? You know what's so funny? We will put boundaries around our money, but we will not put boundaries around our time. Time is our most precious resource. Not even Elon Musk can buy more, create more. Nope. We have as much time in our day as Elon Musk. Now, we don't know how many days we have in a lifetime. This is very sobering, very sobering, sometimes macabre, depressing thought. But it's the truth. And we yet are so free with our time. But when it comes to our money, we're very protective. We definitely have boundaries in place. We, we wouldn't just give someone access to our checking account. We wouldn't just hand over our credit card to people. So why do we do that with our time? And the number one best way to put boundaries around your time is this. And this is the last tip I'll leave you with. No, <clears throat> no period. No is a sentence. For us people pleasers, it unfortunately goes, no, thank you. <laughs> and that's okay. But no is a sentence. No is enough. No does not require an explanation. Again, I have a lot of people in my life. My husband is one. I have a cousin who cracks up at me, but she's like, she's like, love saying no to people. Um, I, I have other family members. Um, my brother-in-law, I always joke. I like, I always feel like I have to preface the call. I'm like, I know you're going to say no, but, um, and so it's sort of like an inside joke that he and I have with each other. Cause I say yes to everything and he says no to everything. And, um, I, I admire those people because they really do value their, their space. They really do have boundaries. Sometimes I feel like they, their boundaries are a little too, um, whatever, but that's my opinion. I'm like, let people in a little bit. Don't be so staunch where you say no to everything. Because I, I think I did do an episode about like saying yes. And sometimes like the joy in that. Yes, to a certain extent, but you still have to be reasonable about it. Like you do have very limited time. And again, no is a sentence. And guess what? Again, just like weeding people out. When you say no, it's going to weed some people out of your life. That is going to be shocking. It's going to hurt. Again, being a, being a people pleaser myself, that is okay. You go through the process just like I had to get used to being used to being quiet and alone a little bit more in my life. I also have had to get used to when I say no to somebody that they might not like me anymore. They may not want to be around me. They may unfriend me. I don't know, whatever. But that's okay. That's somebody that's not a priority. That's not somebody that has valued me. And I promise through this process of setting boundaries around your time, knowing what your priorities are, putting actionable steps around your priorities, not disappointing yourself, realizing that you are worth not disappointing, saying yes to you instead of putting yourself on the back burner, I promise you at the end, you will find joy. You will find happiness. Um, and you will, it, it'll be okay. Some of those people, you won't even remember their name in three years time. I promise you, you won't. They won't matter. You'll be like, oh, remember? I have a friend that like, I would always go out and say yes to her. And, um, it's funny. I, I mean, I feel like she and I went through a lot of stuff together in our friendship. And then I, I've, I'm like, I haven't thought about her in, in months. And it's actually really a relief. She's a sweet, sweet lady, but my gosh, one of the most toxic human beings I've ever encountered in my life. Like her life is constantly a train wreck and she does nothing, nothing whatsoever to make anything better. And it is the most depressing thing to be around. And like I said, sweet, lovely lady, but I can wish her well from a distance. But she 
does not have access to my life or to my time. She is not going to take priority over those things that I wrote down on that piece of paper. She is not going to take away from my family. She is not going to take away from my career. She is not going to take away from my physical health time. She is not going to take away from the things that bring me joy in my life. She is not worth it. She can I, I can love her from a distance. And so those are all things that I want you to consider, Kimberly, as you go through this process. If there's anything you want me to elaborate on, if there's any, if I missed the mark in any way, totally fine. Just reach back out to me on that feedback form and I'm happy to address uh, address anything. Or if you relate to this, but you'd like me to dive in a little deeper, let me know because like I said, this does like this is why I I really firmly believe that organization has a lot to do with time management and um again time is our most precious resource. Okay, moving on to Lindsay from Illinois. Hello, Lindsay. Okay, Lindsay had three spaces in her home that she wanted me to give some tips on. So I'm going to, or talk more about. So I'm actually just doing some quick tips on these three spaces, Lindsay. Again, if you want me to dive in deeper, give me some feedback. Um, If any of you out there have specific spaces that you want me to talk about, you know, when it comes to organization of your home, by all means, let me know just like Lindsay did. So hello, Lindsay, and thank you for your uh, feedback. So the three spaces Lindsay has questions on are organization when it comes to bedrooms, storage rooms, and home offices, or I'm, I'm assuming home office. Um, it just said office on the feedback form. So Lindsay, I'm just going to give some quick tips um, because the four steps that I teach can really apply to any space, but I do want to address some tips when it comes to these spaces specifically. So let's start with bedrooms. First and foremost, I want you to think about when you go to a friend's house. Like if you if somebody invited you over for dinner, do you ever go into their master bedroom? Or when you have people over to your house, does anyone ever walk just walk into your master bedroom? No. We 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 have this like social norm where we realize like that is a sacred space, right? We don't just walk into people's bedrooms, especially, you know, the master bedroom. Maybe you'll walk in, like if your kids wandered into some the child's bedroom, it's a little different. But we, <clears throat> as a society, kind of know this is a sacred space in someone's home, right? So what do we do as the people living in the home? We know people are not going to walk in our bedrooms. And what do we end up doing? we end up making that space a catch-all. So when people are coming over, it's not uncommon for people to gather stuff through their house, like put it in the laundry basket, put it in the bin, just go shove it away in the bedroom. No one will walk in there, right? We would be mortified, mortified. I've been in literally hundreds of homes through my careers and people are always like, always tense up a little bit, get a little embarrassed, a little nervous anytime we walk into that space. Not everybody, but it's actually very common. And again, because we know it's a space that most people aren't going to nose around or peek at. So, um, oh, and funny note, like I've had friends that like their house is like beautiful, but you're only allowed in certain areas, which is totally fine. I mean, I, I, I've gotten to be that way too. And then when you get to their bedroom, you're like, oh, <laughs> Okay, this is where all the stuff went. I've been guilty of that too. So instead of our bedrooms being a catch-all, I feel like they we should let's capitalize on that sacred space. Let's make it actually even further and and make it a sanctuary. So how do you how do you do this? Well, you have to define your space. What activities would you like to accomplish in your bedroom? And we're going to keep it clean here. So I'm going to give you an example. I, again, helping people in their homes, helping a a client one time, and she had me work in her bedroom. I was helping her in her bedroom. And so she had a nightstand next to her bed, and we made that her home office space because she liked to do bills, like do like her family planning calendar, all of that stuff 
on her bed next to her nightstand. So in her nightstand, we kind of made it like this little home office, like bills, stamps, envelopes, pen, notepad, that kind of thing. Because that's what she enjoyed doing in her space um, or one of the activities. And so we helped her define that space so that it was just, it made a little bit more sense. We kind of took out you know, the other stuff, we took away the books and like the jewelry and different things and put those in different areas and made a very defined space next to her bed. Nothing wrong with that. I'm a big believer in work with your home, like your home should follow what your normal habits are. Just kind of improve on that a little bit. So when it comes to our bedrooms, again, we need to define the space. Do we want to work in there? Do we just want relaxation? Do we want to watch TV? Maybe you're also like my other client and you want to pay bills or maybe you want to work out. So let's kind of go through this a little bit. So sanctuary. So if my husband had it his way, we would have no TV in the bedroom. In fact, he has just a general rule, no TV in the kids' bedrooms. He would really prefer if we didn't have a TV in our room. I insist on having a TV. So this was a compromise that we had to really come to when it came to, you know, having a bedroom together. So I won and I was like, I need the TV to fall asleep at night. Like my brain, I have trouble turning my brain off at night. So TV helps me. It's where I watch my reality TV shows um, and then I fall asleep too. And so I won. So we have a TV. But I do on the compromise and really do try to make it more of like a sanctuary for us, like a lot of quiet. He likes to read. So if he's reading in there, I'm respectful and not going to just go turn on the TV, kind of make that his space too. So again, there's some give and take when it comes to that. But I've seen also like if people want to work out, they without interruptions or family members walking by, they'll maybe put their Peloton in their bedroom. Absolutely fine. Um, I've also seen, oh, desk, a workspace. I've seen that. That's actually very common. Again, sometimes you just want quiet. You don't want distractions. You don't want like a little one scribbling on an important work document or something. So you kind of make that space your uh, bedroom. Or maybe you're in the season of life where you have littles still around. And so maybe there's that pack and play or the crib. Maybe there's a little play space for the babies so that you have the babies around you or the the toddlers while you're getting dressed in the morning, that type of thing. Define the space. That's all I want you to do. It doesn't matter what it looks like, but it should be defined. Now, what should not be in your space is anything that belongs into other areas. So it shouldn't be a catch-all for storage. So if you have storage bins, storage boxes, you need to go through those. I have some decluttering episodes um, you can listen to to go through those bins and boxes and get rid of that. Now, as far as like storage, a lot of times we use storage in our um, bedroom and that's okay as long as it's defined. Just like the other activities, you might have you know, again, the workout machine, the desk, whatever, as long as it's a defined space and only the items that belong there are stored there. So let's talk about storage real quick. I'm going to give you guys a personal example. Um, I had started this new thing this year where I'm like, I am from the mountain West. I'm from Albuquerque, New Mexico. I love a snowy mountain. So my birthday's in February. And so I try for my birthday to make it to a snowy mountain. It's something that I, I tried to do for myself. Um, I'm, and so I, uh, have a trip planned where we're, my youngest and I are going to, uh, do a little ski trip and go visit family back in New Mexico. So we usually live in warmer climates. So I don't let the kids store any of their snow stuff in any of their bedrooms. I never have because what happens is it gets lost um, it, whatever it, it gets damaged. They don't know where it is. Who knows? I don't know what happens in those bedrooms sometimes when I, I store stuff in there. So I'm very specific to store any snow gear or winter gear in our room. Cause a, we don't have that much of it because we don't live in cold climates and B that I, I, 
you know, just want to make sure like when January rolls around and we're planning a little winter getaway that I don't have to run and go buy some of the stuff. It's extremely expensive sometimes to go and buy jackets every year. So I make sure that I store our winter stuff and our snow stuff in our bedroom only. And a lot of times my husband will be like, why are we storing the kids jackets? I'm like, because that way I can keep track of them and they don't wear it one day to school and then never bring it home. So I have a hope chest and then one bin in my closet where I just store winter stuff. Again, we don't have that much. So it's again, a very defined space with a purpose. And that's what I want you to think of when it, when it comes to all of organization of your house. Define your spaces. It's part of my four steps. Um, and it's step number two, which is create a zone. You define it. That's defining your space. Create a zone where you're going to work or you're going to work out or you're going to pay your bills or you're going to have this quiet, lovely sanctuary of doing nothing and just relaxing in your bedroom. Whatever it is, define the space and make sure only the items that belong there are in that space. Okay. Speaking of storage, Lindsay asked about storage rooms. Okay, true story. I have a family that has a storage unit and they share it. And so I won't go into details. I'm actually got actually got banned from helping this because I'm a super judgmental with the stuff that they stored in there. And B, I'm constantly just, I was just constantly like, why do you have a storage unit? I don't understand why people have storage units. They were storing stuff in there that, uh, which I didn't even understand. Some stuff I could understand that was valuable, but I, I'm like, why would you put valuable stuff in the storage unit? Um, because guess what happened to that storage unit? It, there was miscommunication on who was um, responsible for paying it. And the storage unit uh, sold their stuff. Like, I guess it was like, probably, it was probably like on storage wars or whatever that show is where, um, there was miscommunication among this group of family members and they went to their storage unit one day and all the stuff was gone. The, the lock had been cut and they had moved somebody else in for, um, because there was miscommunication with something with it. I don't even know the full story. Like I said, they banned me from it. I'm not allowed to give my opinion. Um, because I've been way too judgmental when it came to that. But I'm not going to lie. I had kind of a told, I told you so moment. I mean, they were storing stuff in there for either my siblings or my cousins, like in case we ever wanted like, you know, something. And I'm like, why do you have this stuff in there? And they're like, well, in case any of you guys want it. And I'm like, no one's ever going to be like, hey, do you, hey, do you have that Christmas tree from like 1986? That's like, totally misshapen, dusty, and has like old tinsel stuck on it because I want that. I'm not even exaggerating. That's how ridiculous some of the items were. So off my step box with that because I am very judgy when it comes to storage units. I don't quite get why people are storing a lot of the stuff in there. And the reason why is because I've been hired so many times where people probably have paid thousands of dollars to store stuff. And then they hired me and my company to go out there. And then we just threw the stuff away or or donated it. And I'm like, what was the point in all of that? Now, again, when it comes to storage spaces, if it is temporary, great. And also, what is the purpose? What Just like in your home, are you define the space? What are you storing and why are you storing it? So that being said, a few things. Sometimes maybe this is not a storage unit. Um, Maybe this is a storage area of your house. That is absolutely acceptable. I just wanted to differentiate. Do I have storage in my house? Yes, I do. I just told you about snow clothes storage. Do we have holiday storage? Yes, we do. But storage is definitely something that has to be defined. When you are storing something, it should be because it's for seasonal, because it's something that's short term. It should definitely be something that's incorporated into your life. For instance, holiday storage. We bring out those holiday boxes every Christmas 
And when I do, I sort of go through, I call through and kind of toss things that are broken or we don't use or display anymore. So it's sort of this ongoing part of our process, just like my clothes in my closet, just like the food in my refrigerator. It should be this sort of ongoing thing. What I don't want you to do is store stuff for long periods of time, not where you have no idea what's in that box or bin. Um... I want you to know what's in it. I want you to label it. So this is definitely an area where I do encourage labels. So don't write directly on the bin. Find a labeling system that you can put on the outside so that you know what is in that. Now, one other thing when it comes to storage, and I should have been a little bit more sensitive, and I was to a certain degree with my family and their storage, is the sentimental items. And I I was, for the most part, you know, empathetic about some of that stuff. Um, but here is what I have to say when it comes to sentimental items. How is that honoring the items? Um, when things are in a dusty bin or box and stuff, a lot of times they are prone to getting damaged. Um, you know, they're maybe receptive or, you know, uh, you know, what am I trying to say? Temperature fluctuations a lot of times affect the items. And so if you're storing stuff for sentimental, I understand that this is something that may be a very difficult thing, but take a small chunk of time, take 10, 15, 20 minutes to just sort of address some of the items. See if over time you can either give away the items or find very creative and unique ways to um, display the items. And again, I have some podcast episodes on that. But you definitely want to honor those items that are sentimental. And sometimes honoring them is giving them to somebody else that could use it or appreciate it. Now, the last thing is the home office. And I said home office because I'm assuming it's the office. One of the quick tips I want to give on on office space is if you work from home, you need to define. Again, there's a pattern here, defining your spaces, creating zones. You need to keep work separate from personal. I'm telling you from personal experience, my family know stay away from my workspace. It is something that since I've been working from home the past few years, it is something I've trained them well, stay away from that. So make sure you're not storing personal and work stuff in the same. It gets confusing if if one of your family members needs to find something, that means they have to go through your work stuff and that can get very stressful and not something that you want to have to deal with. Um. It's, it's also okay to put boundaries around your workspace and just let your family know, like, this is not, even though this is in our home, this is still my work area, and you need to be quiet when you're around here. You need to be respectful of my time. You need to be respectful of this space. Teach your family that. But again, my biggest tip when it comes to an office is... Um, to keep it separate from work. Now, if you have questions about paperwork or a little bit deeper, feel free, reach back out on that feedback form and let me know if you want me to dive in a little bit deeper to office space. So, all right. I want to talk to you real quick as I end this episode. Like I said, this feedback form is working beautifully. Still continue to reach out and let me know what your questions are. But I also wanted to let you guys know again, I've gotten very overwhelmed. I have like the email and the Facebook and I've tried different other things to kind of build a community with this podcast. And that's ultimately what my goal is. So I'm taking some advice that when you feel very overwhelmed and spread thin to kind of focus on one thing and be really good at it. So when it came to the direction of this podcast, I was like, What do I want to do? I want to build more of a community. I love connecting with my listeners. How can I do more of that and where and how? So I did a lot of research last year. I tried out a lot of different things, as you all know. And what I have found is I actually like this new platform called Buy Me a Coffee. Now, it's very similar to Patreon. A lot of you who listen to um, a lot of different uh, YouTubers or podcasts are probably familiar with Patreon. So this is like 
when you really like, you know, maybe a podcast or, or someone who's creating content, but you want more of it because there is so much content out there in this world. And so what we're finding is that people really want more communities. Those of us who create the content are wanting to create more of a community. And those of you who are consuming the content want to be a part of a community. And so what I like, I I researched between Patreon and Buy Me a Coffee. And I liked Buy Me a Coffee because I feel like it's kind of like all in one. It's almost like the social media. So I started doing posts on there. So you can just become a follower you, I have membership levels on there. I've, um, I'm going to be starting uh, a Facebook group. I'm doing, as part of the membership, some Zooms. So depending on what level of membership you want to be on, um, you guys could, if you're a member, join in the Facebook group. It's for members only. It is not open to the general public. but And I'm very intentional about that because I want to keep the integrity of the group if you choose not to be a member at any time, you will not be part of the Facebook group. So you guys can talk about talk about me in front of my face, I guess. No, but you can, uh, it, it'll be fun for me to hop in on that Facebook group too from time to time and join in on the conversation with you all. Um, and again, like I said, trying to build a community. And it's also a great way to support this podcast. It's always um, a challenge to find ways to grow this. Um, You know, it is a business, so it has to be monetized. And I've always debated about how many commercials to put on there. But if you guys just love an episode, you could go to the Buy Me a Coffee. And there's a feature that says Buy buy Me a Coffee. You can just help with a, it's like five bucks to buy me a, a coffee. And that goes to help grow the the podcast. And really, when I get that up and going, I want to make this completely ad free. Um, And so you can do that by helping me with a little bit of support. So like I said, link in the show notes just under the Google form. Take a look at it. Just click on it. Nothing bad will happen. Like I said, if you're kind of new because you're like probably like, oh my gosh, another thing. Yeah, I know. But I'm I'm really liking this one. And like I said, just give me a follow. I, I'm just starting, like I said, to post on there. Um, who knows? I may do a thing like people always ask me, can I see a photo of this in your home? And eh, that feels weird. But I thought, well, maybe this is something I'll do for members. So um, just a way, again, for me to find ways to connect with you all, my wonderful audience. So check out buy me a coffee on the link and um, kind of take a look at what I'm doing over there. And again, keep those questions, those topic suggestions coming, Um, share with me your challenges on that feedback form, and I will continue to do more of these episodes. Thank you all so much for listening to the One Organized Mama podcast.